if you pull that trigger, right, you pull that trigger for a fucking honourable reason. Like an honourable man, not like some fucking civilian that does not understand the wicked way of our world, mate. Alright folks, here we go. As usual, starting off with seminars. Next one up June 9th through the 11th with a few spots left. Then August 11th through the 13th. Then October 13th through the 15th. For camps on the list, again, we have our brand new camp, our workshop for personal trainers. That's going on June 25th in Plano, Texas. It's starting Strength Plano. RIP is going to come down. That is geared towards folks that are actively in the personal training world and want to learn how to incorporate starting strength. We'll cover the methods, the principles, and then participants will go through teaching each other the five-step deadlift setup and the way that we teach the deadlift with our teaching progression. For other training camps on the list, a press and bench press camp, September 23rd on Long Island. Then deadlift and power clean camps, June 24th, one in Tel Aviv, Israel, and then one July 15th, also on Long Island. For squat and deadlift camps with spots still available, June 17th in Cincinnati at Starting Strength Cincinnati, June 18th in Singapore at Hygieia Strength and Conditioning, June 24th in Phoenix, Arizona at Weights and Plates, and July 15th in Indianapolis at Starting Strength Indianapolis. We also have some three lift camps on the list. That's covering the squat, the press, and the deadlift. July 22nd, Brussels, Belgium, Brussels Barbell. And then we have two going on in Vancouver, Canada, one July 29th and one July 30th. So check that out. Still looking for some quality candidates to open some franchises in some top cities. Here's the top five cities that we're looking at right now to open a franchise. One is Arlington, Virginia in the DC Metro, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Phoenix, Arizona, Jacksonville, Florida, and Kansas City, Missouri. If you're interested in becoming a franchisee, head over to Starting Strength Gyms and check out the Own a Gym tab. Fill out the form and see if you can get linked up with Luke to find out the details. Also, we're continuing to hire Starting Strength Gyms. We need more coaches. Our growth has only been limited by the amount of coaches that we're able to develop and hire. So if you're interested in a career change or you're becoming a coach or finding out what the criteria is, head over to Starting Strength Gyms. Also, check out the coaching tab on the startingstrengthgyms.com website. And as usual, for more information on anything that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, Starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. And a good name for that order? <laughs> Don't you get tired of that shit? Perfect. Perfect. I, I mean, having the, any interaction with these people in food service is just, it's just stressful. <laughs> you know? They come to the table. They take your order. You say, you know, I want a cheeseburger and fries. And they say... Perfect. <laughs> and I'd say, no, hold on. Let me have a tuna sandwich. Perfect. Everything's perfect. Even if it's completely different, it's perfect. Perfect. To them, And if perfect. I can get tacos, you go get tacos and a good name for that order. <laughs> so I always say, four tacos. I'm sorry? You wanted a good name for that order. I ordered four tacos. The name of the order is Four Tacos. Now, I don't think it's being unreasonable to you. 
It's what, not being unreasonable. What if, but you are prolonging your interaction. Yeah. Right? I, well, that is a good point. You yeah. know, that is a very good point. But by the same token, I'm not interested in having my broad my name broadcast all over the inside of the fucking taco stand right. when I'm. So you don't they, give them your name. Out. You say green. <laughs> green. You Mr. say white. Green. Black. Mr. Green. Yeah. Or from Dark City, Mr. Book. Mr. Book. Perfect. Because they really yeah. don't give a shit what your name is. I was no, about to no, say. They, don't care. they like, just want to go, Hello, four they, tacos for Mark. They just need to put. Oh, your name's Mark. Everybody, so everybody, by the time a, I leave the, the taco little, place, the little, I know everybody's name in the building. The little screen you know? has a pop-up that says, what is the customer's name? And they have to put something there. And yeah, then when you a, say four tacos, their brain goes back to, wait, is he ordering again? Yeah. yeah. You're dealing no, you're with right. robots. So the last time I was forced to do that, I said, ooga booga. <laughs> You, you, and they, they look at you like, I mean, the poor I think little you enjoy kid. This. Yeah, I, like, that's the thing. You enjoy this. Yeah. You do. I do. Yeah. I said, Let me spell I mean, that for you're, you. You're making this as complicated as possible. O O G A B O O G A H. Or he could just say, and, Mark. and they'll actually write it. I've got two or three tickets laying around. I use for bookmarks that say Ooga Booga. I think it's funnier. And you know what happens? You you are the change yeah. that you want to see in the world because that kid probably went to his manager and said, you know, this thing about the names is really dumb. I don't think we should do it anymore. Right. That's exactly what happened. You know what he did? Yeah. You know what he so. didn't do? Walk up to his manager and go, this fucking asshole is making my job so fucking difficult. That's more likely what happened. Or he just forgot about it. Oh, no, no. That got under his skin. I guarantee it. Yeah, the, last time, the last time they did that to me and I told him ooga booga uh, and the little girl, I mean, she's like, 17 or something first job probably and so i have this big long exchange with her and she got through gave me my change and i said now wasn't that much more fun than somebody telling you john and she goes she goes get the fuck out of my face she goes weirdo she's like i just this weirdo i just want to get through this i just want this to be over i just want my to the end of my shift and this my $11. old man comes in here. By the way, there's spit all in your food. Yeah. Yeah. There's spit in your food. We make a special taco for you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. Oh, look, the monkey had a had, a, had an accident. 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 Or it was intentional. Happens. I mean, you know. Or it was intentional. He might have done it intentionally. He's probably going to throw it at me next. Right? <laughs> They do that. Yeah, you know. they do. <laughs> All right. All right. So let's go to uh, our first little thing here we're going to do, which is. Comments. comments from, from the haters. <laughs> this is a good batch. Yeah, There's pretty some good. Real, real prize winners in here. Or some guy named Jerry says, you guys still doing that silly doctor shit? I've never had a doctor tell me not to lift weights. Well, Jerry, you've never been to the doctor. You're a healthiest guy I've ever talked to. Yeah. You've never been to the doctor. Right? Uh, oh, some unpronounceable fuckhead. Please watch another. This is about learning to deadlift, the starting strength method. That's a real old one, isn't it? Yeah. Please watch another useful video to know about deadlift. It's not much. It's not that much helpful. It's actually a really good video. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. To be a big strong man, you need to do big strong man things. 
J.H. says, Rip needs to get his macros dialed in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm fat. All right. All right. Okay. Oh, this is a good one here. Chris Arp says, strong is a relative term. Hmm. No, it's really not. I'm interested to hear more. Uh, when I was a 138-pound wrestler in college, I was tossing around 250-pound power lifters and bodybuilders at the gym. No, he wasn't. No, you weren't, Chris. No, you weren't. <laughs> That's complete bullshit. No, you weren't. All right. Who was stronger at manhandling someone? The 138-pound guy or the 250-pound guy? They were strong at lifting a loaded bar. I was strong tossing around grown men. Chris, I'll tell you what. You give me a video of you tossing around at 138, uh, a 250-pound power lifter, and I'll give you $10,000. Who does not want to be Green cash. A 250-pound power lifter who doesn't want to be tossed around. Yeah, exactly. Who doesn't want to be tossed around. Who isn't just, you know, petting you on the head. I was 145 whenever I was. $10,000. Okay. I was 145 whenever I was um, doing jiu-jitsu, training MMA, and I was fighting. And it didn't matter if the guy came in completely untrained. If he was 230, 240 coming in. You can't move him around. I'm not going to throw him around. No, you're I, not. I, the and neither is Chris. No, the, the only, neither is Chris. <laughs> the only way you would beat them is by getting them in a rear naked choke. Well, well, Chris implies that he was doing it all the time. All the time, yeah. All the time. So was he just walking into the gym and saying, Chris you? Is, yeah, uh, <laughs> challenging, people. challenging people. Chris uh, is just, you know, Chris is this generation's version of Bruce Lee. <laughs> you know that Bruce Lee, could he could put his fist right here in front of your chest about like that and hit you. Stop your without, heart. Without touching you. Stop your heart. Without touching you, and the next day, you'd be dead. Yeah, yeah. It's like an mRNA vaccine. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like a, he was like the COVID nineteen COVID nineteen vaccine. Yeah, and Bruce Lee. All right, all right. That's Here's good. the deal. All right, her Jared Hemingway says, being someone who lifts weights and runs, I always take offense to this type of misinformation. Because when I was lifting weights, I never ran. So I don't know anything about no, no, this. No. Only Jared Hemingway knows about this. Uh, while strength and strength training is definitely good for your health, to think that it's healthier than running is just plain ignorance. Mm. It's just plain ignorance. The extra fat you carry, like him. Now, I don't know who he's talking about. <laughs> Must be me he's talking about because I'm so fat will kill you way before having two small of biceps will. And I'm pretty sure a very strong heart and lungs will help fight off death better than strong quads will, I mean, WTF. <laughs> because, you know, a set of five at 405 only works your quads. Right. Right? Yeah. No heart, no lungs. No, nothing. no, there's nothing <clears throat> like that involved nope. in a set of five you know heavy set of five squats i know after heart and lungs well they're not even working sure i mean you know how after a set of deadlifts you're just fine. you just you're walk chill. around yeah. you know heavy set of five deadlifts you set it down you walk around and you're not breathing hard yeah, i want to do no another sweat. one mm -hmm. there's no 
you know, you say to, you say to yourself, why am I even bothering to do this? It doesn't even tax me physically. I should go run two miles right I need now. to go run. No, 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 eight miles. Eight miles. I need to go run eight <laughs> miles. Eight miles right now. Right after doing my deadlifts. Because these deadlifts just weren't very hard. And since they were so easy, I need running to make me <laughs> Oh, God. And then he says some other dog shit. All right. So, <laughs> do Rip and Nick look like big, strong men or simply fat men? Can we be both? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no. Oh, okay. No, apparently not. All no, right. if you're not it's 3% body fat, you're, you're not, not strong. I feel bad. like the hate against you has picked up a little bit. I don't know why. It no. has. Yeah. yeah. You know why? Because they are jealous. Ah. Of your magnificent yep. beard. I thought it was yeah. a skin cl- complexion they were jealous of. Well, it could be. It could yeah. be that, you know, Would you he say, provides a counterpoint to the pinkness. Well, yeah, and as it, as it gets know? warmer, people get more and more jealous of my dark skin. That's for sure true. Well, I, and, I feel and, it. And, and the, the way you know that is because they spend more time in the sun and they get more dark and tan sure. and, right. you know, yep. Central American looking. They wish, yeah, they right. wish they weren't as far behind as they are. Right. All right. Uh, they look like. Another guy. They look like any one of the slobs at the local bar who never lift anything other than a beer can. <laughs> Rip can barely walk. <laughs> and Nick is headed that way. Fat and dumb and broken. Ask yourself why they never show any videos of their own lips. Man. Got us. <laughs> Ooh. Man. Let's just just turn all this shit off. <laughs> we have no business. We have no business talking about this. Just, just get up and leave. If they want to come to the well, gym, I would do that. We'll but we got somebody waiting for us on the phone here. But anyway, <laughs> all right, Coach Rip, please consider that women never ever tell you the truth. So when, so when they <laughs> say they don't care about abs, they're lying. <laughs> That's a good one. Well, Chris, uh, the ones that told you they did care about abs are lying. No, no. The, the ones that care about abs are 18 fucking years old, 19 years old. They're fucking stupid. That may be, but that, that, that's I mean, that's that's it. All right. You, you got a little skinny guy with abs, a 148-pound. 138 pound guy with abs right who throws power lifters around right who throws power lifters around and then a a a guy weighing 235 shows up with eight and a half inches (laughs) who does she care more about the one at least for a little while the one with the bigger wallet (laughs) and and the real answer is the the one with more money yeah At least for a little while, she's interested in eight and a half. That's right. That's for a while. All right. Now, uh, this dude is talking about health looking 15 years older than he is. Who's he talking about there? (laughs) Do I look look 82? He might as well slap him in the face. Do I really look 82 years old? I don't look like I'm 82 years old. Jesus Shit, Christ. That's great. <laughs> so anyway. 
<sighs> Fuck, it's just amazing we have to do this every week. Oh, but God just damn so, it. Because you people want to hear this shit. We continue to do comments, comments. From, from the haters. That was fantastic. Wasn't it? He's like, who's he, who's he talking good, about? That's a good one. The realization. Man. All right, then. What's next? Well, I'll tell you what's next. You what's know, next is you got this ready? I've been. I've always been curious about... Uh, about what, we, what we're what going we to talk about. about. I'll tell you. All right. Well, let you me... Just wait. <laughs> just you wanna, wait. Have you, have you got her ready? I got to call the Jew. I got to go through right. my... Go through my uh, this week, Rolodex we're going to pick back up on our... Oh, you're going to call her, yeah. right? We're going to pick back up on our uh, occasional series that we call Ask a Jew. Now, this week, we're asking a female Jew. Our friend Ina. Let's call our friend Ina Koppel, who is uh, Shalom. So, shalom. Uh, that's, a, that's a Jew word, right? Jewish, yeah, well, <laughs> you know, Jewish to you, just Jew to us. So anyway, uh, and thank you, Ina, for being our guest today on Ask a Jew. And I've got a, I've got a fairly uh, 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 interesting question to ask you that a lot of people, you know, down here in North Texas, at any rate, are are mm-hmm. unclear about. Uh, what is kosher? What does that actually mean? <laughs> Are they planning to have me for dinner or something? How much do you weigh? <laughs> You'd probably feed 18 or 20 people. She's definitely you? select, not choice. She's got not, she doesn't have that much fat, yeah. but she's, you know, the muscle bellies are round. She'd roast up to feed 18, 20 I people. Meant, I meant invite me. For oh, to invite you to eat dinner with us? Yes. Well, we can do that. I mean, you've yeah. eaten with us before, so it's it's not been a problem heretofore. <laughs> even though we were making no attempt to to be kosher. No, you, know. you were not. No, no I, you were I, not. I, I don't. Well, I didn't know no, how to do it. it. So yeah. that's what I'm. That's why we're talking about it. To say so next time I can, you know, respect your traditions yep. or whatever you call them, right? And yes. and and offer you kosher. So what is kosher? Well, kosher is uh, a system that uh, really assigns like an intellectual property around something that's instinctual, like eating. And so, this is the overarching. Uh, that's a great right. way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awfully clear, isn't it? Yeah. Is that good? Is that good? We're done? Thanks for calling. No, 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 no. You keep, no, you keep talking to us. <laughs> so uh, when someone keeps kosher, they separate uh, milk and meat. They don't eat their milk and their dairy, uh, their meat and their dairy product products together. So you can't have beef stroganoff. And no, and you can't have chicken parm. <clears throat> oh, shit. It's rough. That's a rough deal. Yeah. No cheese. There's yeah, something obviously put- to be derived from this, and that would be what? Well, you know, long time ago, <laughs> when we were wandering through the desert, right, and there wasn't very many of us, right, we needed to. Um, have a couple of laws that helped us set boundaries around us, create community, and also keep us safe 
right. from infectious diseases. And so they started to create these kosher rules around eating. And for instance, um, the type of meat that you eat has to have split hooves and chew its cud. So pork's, and, uh, pork's out, right? Because pork, pork doesn't chew its cud. Pork That's is right. uh, is is awfully good, but it has approximately the same digestive system that humans do. Right, and uh, as a result, uh, you know, it does have cloven hooves, but those go back, mm-hmm. you know, a long time ago. But uh, mm-hmm. so, but since it doesn't chew its cud, it's out. So this it's leaves out. this leaves you to eat what beef. Well beef veal veal, right all all of the chicken and 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 chickens don't have hooves no they don't so meat chickens fall into the category of meat but you know we can have but chickens are okay without the cloven hooves well yeah chickens are are foul but from that category from like foul things are excluded like you know birds of prey like you don't eat eagles and hawks and shit. Right, like and owls. No. Owls, you don't mm-hmm. eat owls. No, but we you don't can eat, eat doves and chickens and turkeys and right. uh, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. ravens. Can you eat ravens? I don't. They're not know. really birds of prey. Ravens right. and crows. I don't know. Crows. All right, it's a good question. That's a good we question. Need a rabbi. We need a rabbi. You know. We need a rabbi. All right. So, and so uh, vegetables. And are there any strictures about vegetables? No, no. Vegetables. Mm-hmm. You uh, eat you any eat anything vegetables. grows out of the ground. You can eat, right? That's right. And with fish, they have to have fins and scales, and they can't be bottom feeders. So you can't eat catfish. Right, and no shellfish. No oysters. Right. Correct. No shrimp. Right. Wow, man. I know. I know. Yeah, I just had two pounds of shrimp last night for dinner. Well, you're going to hell. <laughs> Not because yeah. of that, though. No, there's other reasons for that. That's a, that's a conscious decision. Wait, do, part, do Jews believe in hell? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. Jews have a, a hell? No, we'll save that for save another. Save that for another Jew. That's another, that's yeah, another ask a Jew okay. question. All right. So, yeah. But yeah. vegetables are all in, and grains, rice, good. wheat, right, correct. that's all fine. All good. All good. All right. Now, now, when it comes, you know, when it comes to dairy and eggs, you can have that, but you can't mix dairy with your meat. But you right. can mix your dairy with your fish. You can mix dairy with fish. So if you yes. had, so if you had fish soup with some cream in it, that's fine. But no it couldn't be made out of catfish. Correct. Wow. Well, yeah. this is interesting. Uh, what? Uh, what? Uh, what about blood? Can you have blood sausage? Isn't there something about blood? Yeah, so you can't, you know, the meat is killed a certain way and then salted yeah. so that they drain the blood out and the animal right. is killed with a very sharp knife. Right. Because um, dull knives take you. Dull, dull yeah, knife will yeah. get you killed if you're trying to slaughter a cow. Well, I've seen you try to slice up a ham with a sword, with a samurai sword. <laughs> right. So. I'm not really sure that I well, should be you know. talking this, to you about this. All sounds really use what you got laying around. You know, that's what you. This all sounds really familiar. There's another, you know, what? large world religion. <laughs> we, I was just similar. getting to that. What is the difference between kosher and halal? Or is that something kosher we don't talk about? 
But, I'm not an expert on hello. Of course, no, not. of course, of course not. not. Of course not. She kind of distanced herself from <laughs> yeah. that. Well, they all did. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that rusty? Is that rusty? What's that? Yeah, it's rusty. Yeah, it's rusty. I would yeah, say, rusty. I would say, from the outside, it looks exactly the same. Well, <laughs> but it's not. That's all the time we have this week <laughs> for Ask a Jew. Thank you. Ina Koppel for joining us on our wonderful little program here. Talk to you later. <laughs> well, do you think that we should uh, have a ask a Muslim section? We should have it. We should have one for everybody. Ask yeah, a, ask a black. Ask a, <laughs> ask a Jane. We could get we could get Bobby in here. Uh, yeah. ask a black. Ask a black guy. Ask a. Ask a woman. We get a woman in here. Find a woman somewhere. <laughs> There's a few around. <laughs> Find a woman. <laughs> yeah, that's what we'll do. Oh, okay. Well, let's keep that in mind. We can expand this this segment to <laughs> ask a Zoroastrian. That would be fun. That would be fun. That would yeah, be a lot real fun. Of fun. If you can find one. Yeah. You know. They're out there. There's probably a few in Austin. <laughs> well, they, they, everybody they, in they Austin. Think, they think they are at yeah. least. Yeah. There's a few of everything in Austin. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, we got to talk about some training shit. Yeah, I guess so. Since we've exhausted our supply of amusement type stuff here. Uh, let's uh, divest ourselves of our <clears throat> earplug thing here. And... Uh, and talk about uh, here's a but we've been thinking about some training stuff recently. We've been talking about uh, what is strength training. We we talked about it on the podcast. We I've written an article about it or two or three. And uh, what we have decided is you know we're we're kind of stepping back and looking at big picture stuff now. And because uh, we already figured out how to squat, we already figured out how to deadlift, and we already figured out how to teach the squat the deadlift, and how to get the most out of the movement pattern, and and we've decided that strength training is basically normal human movement patterns that are subjected to a load, and that are quantitatively increased in load. So, if you come into the gym and the first day you squat 115 uh, for three sets of five then the next day you come into the gym we're going to go to 125 for three sets of five and then 135 for three sets of five and then we're going to go to 140 for three sets of five and then 145 for three sets of five we're going to keep adding five pounds to three sets of five squats three days a week until that stops working and that won't be until you're way up in the 300s. Because in the process of recovering from these five-pound increases in load three days a week, you are going to grow. You're going to gain muscular body weight. You're going to gain a little fat, too, because that's inevitable. If you put on 35 pounds of body weight, with uh, a strength training program probably 27 pounds of that increase is going to be muscle mass and uh, you know 8 pounds will be fat and you know what you'll be okay with that 
because there's no way to get bigger without because, putting on both because you and when you lean tissue grow lean tissue the processes that cause you to accumulate lean tissue will also cause you to accumulate some sub q body fat because that's normal human physiology i didn't make the rule joe weeder cannot alter the rule you guys that want to stay skinny at 155 can't alter that rule either but the fact of the matter is if you want to get bigger you're going to have to gain more a whole bunch of muscle and a little bit of fat all at the same time now this process is well documented we do it all the time we've done it with people all over the world it's not arguable that that's not what happens that's it happens all the time we are quite good at making people into big more useful versions of themselves why do you want to be bigger because if you're walking around at 511 155 pounds and you've ever been in the gym for any reason at all you have been in the gym because you want to be bigger right now you may not say that to yourself you may say i want to have bigger arms all right you want to have bigger arms a big strong man is visually more impressive than that same man when he is skinny and frail it's just all there is to it now if you don't agree with that go to listen to another podcast because this is fundamental this is a fundamental reality here the reality of the situation is that all over the world every human society all over the world values a big strong man because a big strong man's more useful than a little skinny frail man now, this is buried deep in the dna this is interpersonal relationships 101 all right big strong guy comes in he gets paid better attention to a little skinny guy right whether you want to or not right. whether he's a big stupid guy and a little skinny guy is a genius yep doesn't matter the the big strong guy gets more attention especially at first until he proves he's a dumbass and then we can safely disregard him but he still has a physical presence and when people meet each other when two people who don't know each other meet each other there is some extremely old in terms of the dna interactions that take place right you don't know the guy he doesn't know you you size each other up right this is doesn't have to be unfriendly but it does take place you know you start making judgments about this guy you know, he walks up to you he, he walks up to you standing up straight he's got his chest up he's got big shoulders got a big neck got traps got arms hanging out of his shirt got forearms that look like they've got some veins on them and size and stuff his hips are deep quads fill up his pant legs right he makes a different impression on you 
than a little skinny 155-pound guy does. Now, your reception of that impression will vary with you, but nonetheless, it is true that a big, strong guy makes a different first impression on everybody than a small, frail guy does. You know, woman walks in, same thing. Same deal. We respond to her physical presence. This is... This is not our decision. This is just how our brains and our central nervous system are set up. Right? Right. And this is why most guys go to the gym. But they're unclear about their motivations for doing it. They know they want to be different than they are now. But what they want to be is bigger and stronger. Yeah, they don't understand. They don't, may not understand why too. All you got, they you, may not understand you could, why. And you could look at at the media and like popular culture. Like people, the the media and people lost their mind when uh, these pictures of Jeff Bezos came out, where he had, and he had to get get that much bigger, right? He maybe gained twenty pounds, um, and finally had some shoulders and some yeah, arms, and people looked like, like a human he's male. huge, you know. Or or Dave Chappelle. Like have you seen Dave Chappelle? Yeah, he got big. Yeah, Dave Chappelle he put got on big. probably twenty or thirty pounds, and mm-hmm. yeah, that's good. And uh, yeah, people, you know, it's like are very impressed with that kind of a, of a transformation. Mm-hmm. They're impressed for a reason, you know. Even though yes, it, they're impressed despite the fact they don't want to be exactly. Right. That's that's what I'm talking about. They react to that. Right. They don't decide about it. They react to it. And their reactions are in the DNA. This is old. This is as old as the species. This is millions and millions of years worth of interaction between individuals of the same species. Now, this is, you know, this is not something we invented. This is not something we're responsible for creating. All we're doing is making the observation that it's there. Okay, it's there. It's there whether you want it to be or not. Okay, you may be a Harvard intellectual. You may be a 155-pound guy with a Ph.D. from Harvard in sociology. And you may think that this is just wrong, that you, as a 155-pound little twink, are not received the same way when you meet other people. Than a guy that's, you know, 5'11", 235, that's obviously benches 400. I'm sorry, but that's just, you know, we don't make decisions about these things. We react to them, right? Yep. You know, you don't, it, it, look, look at it this way. You don't, if you're gay, chances are very, very, very good that you didn't decide to be gay. It's just there, isn't it? It's just there. It's not a decision. You know, you didn't wake up one day when you were 13 and you and, and say to yourself, you know. Time to make a decision. I think, <laughs> Today's the day. I, I got to decide. You know, I'm 13 and shit. And I'm, you know, in Tanner stage four here. And I've got hair and armpits and all this other shit. I'm, what's going to make my dick hard? <laughs> what do you think is going to make my dick look hard? Look at a picture of Justin you know, Bieber. Look, look at a picture of Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Or looking at a picture of <laughs> Jana Michaels, you know, which of these two people are going to make my dick hard? Boys and girls, that's not what happened, is it? That's not what happened. And 
your response to a big strong man is the same exact way it's not something that you decide about it's just in the dna it's buried in your psyche and it's not something that you get to decide is a bad deal now you may decide the little harvard guy may decide well i'm not going to respond to big i'm not even going to talk to big people you know, somebody's visibly stronger than I am. I'm not even going to talk. I'm not going to interact with him. He comes into my class. I'm just going to ignore him. Right? Well, you can do that if you want to. But nobody, nobody else, else nobody else in the class is going to. Right. You know? Nobody else in the class is going to look at that guy and say, the oaf. <laughs> Such a great oaf. But even, even if he does now, decide... I'm going to ignore him. He's ignoring him for a reason because he's intimidated by him. He's he he's intimidated by him. That's 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 a very good observation. That is why little skinny guys, if they harbor those kinds of uh, ill feelings toward bigger, stronger men, that's why they do that. And this is again, this is millions of years old. This is not something you control. But some people figure out during the review of their intersocial behavior that they'd like to be bigger and stronger now bigger and stronger is good because it's more useful right it's better to be bigger and stronger than it is to be little and frail all right bigger stronger people can do more things they're they're more valuable to other people they're more valuable to their family they're more valuable to themselves they can accomplish things that would that they would have to otherwise hire done or ask you know, a big strong man to do for or them. ask the big strong man to do hire the big strong right. man to do right so i mean these are rather fundamental questions and uh and uh, you know uh so the decision the, so, the, the the pursuit of uh, the young guy wanting to be bigger is not just a silly vain thing. No, it's, it is it's, not it's vanity. It is not narcissism. It right. is not, uh, you know, jealousy right. of the big strong this guy. Is it is normal to it do. It is a perfectly normal response to interacting with other people in society. Yeah, and, it's and, a, it's a proactive response. It's a healthy response right. because it returns control over. Your perception by other people to you. That's exactly right. You get to decide how you are perceived. Which is an interesting contrast to a lot of the bullshit going on right now. Yeah. Where, you know, everybody, the things that are under your control, um, it, they, they, they are important for beyond just things like, oh, that's, that's vain. You just want to, you know, look a certain way or whatever. It's, uh, right. it's fundamental because the shit up here, emotional and mental, uh, health is connected to your physical well-being. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Your physical health is, you know, largely within your control. Now, you may have cancer, and it's not your fault. Right. If you had cancer. Now, if you smoked, it is your fault. Yep. You know, that's just what you get. You know, if you smoked, and you just i don't know what the i've never smoked so i don't know what the attraction is the only thing i've ever perceived about smoking is how bad it smelled yeah you know it was awful i hated it i hated it since i was a kid everybody i knew who started smoking is just because they were trying to 
be cool. Be cool. And then they never stopped, right? And then they never stopped. I don't because and they didn't stop because they didn't want to have to. Or it's right. learned behavior. From it wasn't that it, it wasn't they liked it anymore. Sure. Because they'll tell you they do. Well, because they, they all want to quit. That's they, they they don't quit because they don't want to have to quit. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's hard to quit because you're addicted to the nicotine and you know. And the you know you're you like having yellow fingernails and <laughs> shit like that. You like brown teeth and you like to stink. You like to wake up, man. I was I remember working in the dorms like doing assignments in the middle of the night, and uh, and these kids would wake up at two a.m. It's freezing cold outside. Two a.m. with a blanket and go outside and, it's, and, it's and a freeze non, their non-smoking ass off. dorm. Yeah. I'm on the tenth floor. Ride the fucking elevator. Go out, smoke, come back, go back to bed, and then three hours later, she's back mm-hmm. doing it again. That's amazing. Either. Just amazing. You are an absolute slave to the goddamn yeah. shit. You're a slave to the shit. It doesn't bother you being a slave. To go back to what uh, Nick was saying about how your physical health is completely linked to your mental health, and I'm not saying there aren't big, strong men with mental health problems. That's that's oh, universal. That's, that's not. Yeah, that's, but but. If you want to probably look, I, I would love to see a study about the health, the physical health of people who do have the most mental health problems. I guarantee weightlifters are not going to be no. in that group as much. No, 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 they're not. I've known, you know, I've been doing this 47 years. I've met quite a few lifters, met quite a few lifters, and I don't know any of them that were not. I've met a lot of weird bodybuilders. <laughs> well, that's body dysmorphia. Yeah, that's the. That's, I, I've that's, met a bunch of weird ass bodybuilders. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but in terms of competitive lifters, I don't know hardly any competitive lifters that are that are just extremely screwed up. You can't be around them because generally they're not victims. They, no. They're not victims. Well, we're gonna, no, they've taken everything under their own control. Yeah. And this is when you layer the performance aspect on top of all this, it becomes very, very powerful. Yes. So, I mean, it can go both ways, right? You can you can layer performance on top of it; it becomes um, very positive. But just the same way, you can layer narcissism on top of it. Well, and it becomes it, very this negative, is what right? I wanted to talk about today. What I wanted to talk about today is there really are basically two different approaches to this lifting weights thing that we do. All right? There's two completely different approaches, and one approach is our approach, which is from the standpoint of strength. And what is strength training? And we'll talk about these separately. And then the other approach is aesthetics. That you are approaching this specifically because of the way things that you perceive the things make you look. And you want to look a certain way. All right. And, 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 and as a result, what you do is uh, you look at the muscle magazines. You look at all the equivalent of what was the muscle magazines online now. You know, and this, this information explosion that we've experienced in the past 25 years has dramatically changed the landscape of the information available to you about about bodybuilding, about what you look like, about aesthetics, training for aesthetics. Um, strength training is uh, now you can do strength training several different ways but what we're gonna what we're gonna postulate here is that strength training is a consists of the process of making normal human movement patterns 
stronger, that is, able to generate higher levels of force. And there's only five or six basic human movement patterns. There's squatting down and standing back up. That's what your hips and knees are for. There is picking something up off of the ground, which is what your hips and knees and back and arms and grip and forearms and shoulders and every other damn thing in the body is about. There is pushing something up over your head. There is pushing something away from you. There is pulling something toward you, which is kind of what you do when you do a chin-up or a barbell row, right? And there is throwing something. So if you, if you look at these as the basic normal human movement patterns, you'll see pretty quickly that everything else is derived from these basic movement patterns. You know, throwing a baseball, throwing a football. This is derived from all of this stuff because you, you've used the components of those basic human movement patterns when you do those sports activities, playing tennis, right? That, all of these things that we do, recreational sports, but work, you know, laying bricks, you know, sweeping the garage floor, all this stuff. All that stuff is derived from what we do under the barbell when we're training for strength for those basic movement patterns. Now, what we have done here at Starting Strength is we've analyzed those movement patterns and we've figured out the best way to do barbell exercise for those basic human movement patterns. And, and this is why everybody complains about that we don't do the lifts correctly. We don't do the lifts like everybody else does, which is assumed to be correct. We do the lifts in a way that we have determined works them best for developing strength in those movement patterns. We squat differently than everybody else does. Right? Louis Simmons was a powerlifting coach. We're not powerlifting coaches. We're not powerlifters. We're just trying to squat. So what the question we have asked ourselves is not, how do we squat the most weight in the meet today and get away with the minimum amount of compliance to the rules that's necessary to, to get three white lights on the platform? What we ask ourselves is, how do we make squatting down and standing back up make us the strongest? That is our analysis. And we have a special way we do this. And it looks different than a lot of people's squats do. We tell you different things. We give you different things to think about when you squat. We don't front squat because it's useless. Front squatting is something that Olympic weightlifters have to do. But it's not strength training in a general sense because it leaves a bunch of stuff out. And we're gonna, we've redesigned the squat, basically. We've redesigned the squat in a way that best accomplishes our goal of making you stronger. All right, and all of the other lifts, the, the press, the standing press, the overhead press, the bench press, 
the deadlift. Chin-ups, very basic exercise, right? Maybe barbell rows. There's a perfectly good place to put barbell rows in this program. We don't use them at first, but, you know, we'll do those later on when it's, when it's appropriate. And the power clean. You know, if you've got those exercises and you're making them go up in weight a little bit every time you do them, then you're getting stronger. And your growth... Your continued accumulation of muscle mass is what enables you to continue to get stronger. And your, your continued accumulation of muscle mass, back to our original discussion, makes you look different to everybody else. It is impossible for you to go from 155-pound little skinny fuck to 195 pound useful looking man and not have everybody notice everybody notices whether they want to or not you know you you go from 155 to 195 and somebody you hadn't seen in nine months sees you what's the first thing they're gonna say whoa whoa what have you been doing? Right. That's what, what they're going to ask you. Accuse you of doing stupid. Because it's, <laughs> it's incredibly impactful. I've never gotten to use impactful. that word before. <laughs> I've always wanted to get to use impactful. It's impactful upon them. When they, uh, when they see you after an absence and you show up 40 pounds heavier from training. All right now, the, let me tell you what they wouldn't do. If you showed up forty pounds heavier from sitting on the couch and eating Cheetos and drinking Cokes, and you're a big fat slob, now you've gained you know forty pounds of body fat from sedentary laziness. They're not going to say a word about that, are they? <laughs> Nobody says a word about that. They'll get home and be like, man. They'll go, I mean, they'll think it. He's getting, <laughs> they'll say it to all their friends. They'll when say it to all their friends. My God. <laughs> what the fuck happened? God, what happened to his <laughs> worthless fat ass? God almighty. But if, if you show up with 40 pounds of useful muscle mass and you're big and strong now, first thing they're going to ask you, and they will ask you, what have you been doing? Right. And then they'll say, oh, I got I to gotta start. And I need to start doing that. start there, too. And then they'll either do yeah, it or they won't. They won't. Yeah. Probably, Probably won't. won't. Probably won't because it's hard, right? So the process of getting strong improves your aesthetics without you one time even thinking about improving your aesthetics. It is a side effect. You look better accidentally. Because the process that made you strong makes your appearance improve at the same time. Without you're having to babysit any aspect of it. What you want to do in this circumstance is to strengthen these basic human movement patterns so you're stronger. The process of getting stronger means that you grew. And a bigger, stronger man is more useful looking than a little skinny, frail guy with abs 
and anybody who's tried it right. knows this even if they're even if they're lying to themselves but the there's no other way to transform your physique than to get bigger and stronger if you're you going to transform your physique by losing down to five percent body fat and stay at one fifty five. It's just, not a transformation. It's not transforming. Because we can't see anything different until right. you take your shirt off and nobody wants you to take your fucking shirt off. Yeah. Unless, right? unless that freaks everybody out. Don't do that. All right. Don't just voluntarily strip down. Right. Because nobody gives a shit about it. Yeah, when, but, when I say transforming, it's in terms of this the stuff that we're talking about, getting bigger and yes. more significant and, and looking looking more imposing. Yes. The only way to do that is to get significantly stronger. The only way to do that is to not bigger. worry about what you look like, but worry about what's on the bar. Worry about performance. What's on the bar? Right. My squat has gone up 300 pounds. That's how you look different. Yeah, that's the hard part for people is that the aesthetic – uh, benefits are tied very closely to performance. Yes, the aesthetic and benefits. You don't get therefore must be, if not disregarded, de-emphasized. Well, I don't know. I you mean, know. everybody that everybody, not every, uh, most well, people yeah. that train train to look better. Yeah, and they keep training most because it that makes start them look training. Most people that say, you know, I need to get into the gym, do so as a result of the fact that they realize they look like shit. Yep. Right? You just can't and they want to go to the gym to look better. But what I'm telling you is that if you go to the gym and the only motivation you have is to work your body parts separately from the movement patterns that we have described, you are not going to look as good as a result of going to the gym as if you had put the aesthetic considerations aside and said, I need to make these moves. I need to get my squat up. I need to get my deadlift up. I need to get my press up, my bench, right? That's what makes you look better. Because you're choosing an easier right. path that doesn't work. You, you don't. And that path, the path that we're talking about that's easier, that doesn't work, is the body parts path. Right. All right, you go in a commercial gym. There's basically two areas of the gym. There is the treadmill area. And there is the arms area, right? Now, that, by the arms area, I don't mean necessarily arms. I mean there's a bunch of machines that you sit down in to work a body part, a body part. There is a leg extension machine. There is a leg curl machine. There is a glute machine. There's the yes no machine. You know what I'm talking about? The, oh yeah. You got your, your adductor abductor machine. There's the calf machine. All right? There is the barbell cur the arm curl machine. You know there's 15 Five different of designs mm -hmm. of those. Right? There's the crunch machine which makes razor abs happen. Just as an aside, if you guys are still thinking that Razor abs comes from training. You're you're really not getting the idea here. <laughs> okay. The and and the you know so so you you you've got a whole gym a whole a whole industry that is designed around the idea that the body is made up of separate components 
that must be trained separately, that combine together, make a championship physique. I, you know, this is just not this is not what happens. But the industry is based on that, isn't it? The industry is predicated on the idea that you combine enough machines into a workout and you work the entire body. That's what Nautilus was. And That's what Nautilus started out as being. A nine-station Nautilus room was the state of the art in 1977. It's a state of the art. We had one here in Wichita Falls. I used to work there. And, uh, you know, you go through and, and you do you warm up a little bit and then you do one set to failure on each one of these Nautilus machines. And you know how you de- determined whether or not you had trained hard enough that day? Did you puke? The genius of the whole thing is Did that you puke? prior to that, you, you needed to move an object whether it's a dumbbell or a barbell or something or whatever, it's something heavy and you had to move it and it took a little bit of skill. When you introduce, all of a sudden you have you have a Nautilus and you have this system of, of pulleys and shit, now you just walk in the room. There's, right. there's no staff, no coach. No, nothing is required. It's, it, it's impossible to do a leg extension wrong. Exa- well, it's exactly right. You know. Yeah. So, so how the, do you fuck up a leg extension? So the the you know? the entire the entire industry is set up to. I don't know that it, it, it's it's a. Uh, it's it's necessarily intentional, but it's very convenient that you can have a giant it's a, gym. Full it's a business of, model, of course. You got a giant gym full of machines that require no coaching and no. Right. So, it's a it's, a, not it's a business model. It's a right. self reinforcing business model. Exactly. If I can convince you that nine pieces of Nautilus equipment are all you need to do to get big and strong, and that after nine months of not growing five pounds worth of body weight, you still believe that? Yeah, I've, I've made a bunch of money off of you, right? You know, this is a business model. It doesn't do what they say it's going to do, but it seems plausible because you don't understand the difference between training for strength and training for aesthetics. And the novice effect still applies, right? So you make a little bit of improvement. Uh, You make a little bit of improvement for a little while. Enough to fool yourself. you You keep puking and you know you think that you well even the people that don't puke, puke off enough fat even know, the people that don't puke you, you get a kid that walks into a gym he starts doing a bunch of machines and shit and he makes some improvement and he convinces himself that he's doing the right thing All right and then he's because stuck. he has nothing to refer it against right right, right? if you got two guys that walk into gym at the same time same size they walk in at the same time say they're identical twins great test to do take two identical twins you put one of the twins in the Nautilus room on the machines. And you put the other one under the barbell. And he gets his squat, his press, and his bench, his deadlift up. And in three months, you look at him. Every single time, what you will see, without exception, is that the kid under the bar is bigger and stronger and noticeably bigger and stronger than the kid in the Nautilus room. And I, look, I've been doing this 47 years. I know what I'm talking about. And you know I'm right, too. You know I'm right. And what I'm, and since you know I'm right, I mean, I'm not trying to convince you of anything, but what I'm, what I'm trying to sh- show you here is that you can delineate these two ideas to the point where 
why are we doing this wrong now makes sense to you we're doing it wrong because the industry is set up in a certain way you know and and we inadvertently talked about this a long time ago in the in the first edition of the starting strength that the the fitness industry is predicated on machines that do not require a skilled coach to teach you how to use them you just have to go do the machines and the kid on the floor that works for the gym all he does is set the pins on the weight stack that's his job right he can tell you yeah you you know you, you probably do one more rep you know he can do that you know he can tell you eh, next time you need to go up 10 pounds you got 12 reps this time you need to go up 10 pounds and i'll drop you back to eight reps and then well, it's worse now because yeah, it's, it's worse now because they don't even do that. Now it's now it's go stand on wobbly shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, now we've got functional. I mean, we're training. not even we're not even producing force anymore. We, now we've we're got functional training to do. What we're producing is uh, instability. Right. We are depending on instability as the stressor. Yeah. And that's even less effective than a Nautilus machine. Yeah. No shit. If what you want to be is bigger and stronger. If what you want to be is bigger and stronger, unstable surfaces with unilateral exercises with 15-pound dumbbells is not going to make you bigger and stronger. It can't. There can be no bigger and stronger adaptation to functional training. It doesn't work that way. Now, if you want to be bigger and stronger, and you've got somebody in the fitness industry telling you that you don't need to be bigger and stronger, you just need to be better at dealing with an unstable surface and and a 15-pound chrome dumbbell. Well, I guess you've got a decision to make, don't you? I guess you had better decide what it is you want out of this deal. All right? Because there's not a sport anywhere on earth that is dependent on your ability to do a one-legged exercise on an unstable surface with a 15-pound dumbbell. I mean, you're either good at that or you're not, right? Natural athletes can do that kind of shit. Uh, Clumsy people can't do that kind of shit, but neither one of them neither the natural athlete nor the normal human being is going to get big and strong doing a 15-pound dumbbell on an unstable surface on one leg. It doesn't occur. It never has occurred, and it can't occur. Because what is the adaptation necessary for lifting five more pounds in the squat every time? Right? Versus what is the adaptation necessary for coming in the gym and doing a different unstable surface, one-legged exercise with a 15-pound dumbbell? See the problem? See the problem? There's, there's no adaptation necessary with the 15-pound dumbbell on one leg on an unstable surface. But there is an adaptation necessary for adding five pounds three days a week to your squat for as long as you can do that. That forces an adaptation. 
And if you want to be bigger and stronger, then that's what you have to do because nothing else works. Nothing else works as well. Now, we can debate the details. Sets of five, sets of eight, sets of 20. As long as you're squatting, you're going to make some progress. It's, it's obvious to us, having done this with hundreds of thousands of people over, over years and years and years, all over the world, that sets of five work better than anything else. That's the phenomenology. That's what happened. I'm not concerned with what should happen. I'm not concerned with what the exercise physiology people say is the best way to do this. The best way to do this is obviously sets of five because it works every time you do it. There's no argument. Whether there. it even should the, or not. Even the dipshits at the ACSM agree with you there. Four to six reps to get strong. Four to six reps is what they're saying now, right? Well, as long as long Yeah, as long as I've been – paying attention to this stuff so well what's the average of four to six reps you know it's a this this is the dichotomy we've got here we've got body parts and we've got strength training we got movement patterns that we load and make stronger over time and we've got body parts so here's another terribly interesting thing that that those of us that have been in this business a long time have observed how long can you make your leg extensions go up in weight you come into the gym and you make your you get on the nautilus leg extension machine and you make the leg extension machine go up how long does that work till the, four or five weeks yeah or till the stack runs out if you're on a stack. Till the stack runs out versus how long can you make your squat go up years you can make your squat go up for years Therefore, which has the most potential for progress. This isn't complicated. I used to, I mean, I, I know this the hard way, guys. I fucked all this up for so many years. I wasted so much time that I'm trying to save you. Do you know how long you can make your weighted, your loaded back extent, your loaded glued ham? A glued ham raise on a glued ham bench with a bar across your back. You know how long you can make that go up? Six weeks. That's how long you can add weight to a loaded glued ham raise. Six weeks. You get to the end of it, it won't go up. It won't go up anymore. You add five pounds to it next week, you won't get all the reps. You add 10 pounds to it next week, having done a maximum set of, set of 8 or 10 the previous week, and you have 10 pounds, you're going to hurt your knees. You know, because the damn stupid thing is in an unnatural position to where the knee ligaments are loaded at the expense of everything else. And you relax at the wrong time, you're going to fuck something up. And it's just all of the machine body part exercises are exactly the same way they're limited by the fact that the thing is not a normal human bilateral movement pattern because normal human movements are bilateral when we are trying to load them with the heaviest amount of weight they're always bilateral now we play tennis on one leg all right right but what's the best way to get strong for tennis 
one-legged Bulgarian split squats or squats? Which makes you stronger? Well, squats make you stronger. How do I know this? Because I fucked it up and tried it the other way and it doesn't work. I've been training clients the wrong way for a long time until I figured out what works. And what works is the normal human bilateral movement patterns. If you're doing squats, presses, and deadlifts, there's just hardly anything else you need to do. Benches are good. You need to do some benches. Right? You, you need to be doing chin-ups. After you've been training a couple of years, you can start alternating your chin-ups with barbell rows. Because the pulling into you thing is important, too. That can be trained for a long time. Not as long as a squat and a deadlift, but it can be trained for a long time. Chins fit our definition because as you gain body weight, you're chinning more weight, even for the same 10 reps, right? So they're incrementally increasing in load as well. You need to do the clean. You need to develop the coordination that comes from moving heavy weights at high speeds. You need to develop that aspect of your training. And if your coach is just eliminated the idea that we're going to do power cleans you know why he's done that because he doesn't know how to coach him he doesn't know how to coach him we see that a lot even in our organization we see it a lot we try to stamp it out but we see it a lot you you've got to you've got to clean if you could clean you need to clean now if you're a 55 year old guy it's way way less important but if you're a 35-year-old guy and you're not doing cleans, well, your coach is lazy or you're lazy, one of the two. Cleans are important. They need to be done. All right? But as you get older, explosive stuff becomes more and more dangerous because of the changing nature of our connective tissues. And, you know, it's easier to hurt yourself when you're 65 than it is when you're 35 even when you're 45. So you don't need to do clean. Not everybody needs to do cleans, but everybody needs to do the rest of that stuff. Everybody needs to squat. Everybody needs to press. Everybody needs to bench. Everybody needs to deadlift. And those things make the most difference. They make far, far more difference in your appearance than you having decided to base your training on your appearance, on the appearance of your body parts. Right now, you look at a picture of Ronnie Coleman in a contest. What do you notice about Ronnie Coleman immediately? He's fucking huge. He's huge. But what about him is huge? Well, the whole guy is huge. Everything's huge. But what you see are his arms. I don't think there's ever been a better pair of arms in bodybuilding than Ronnie Coleman's arms. That guy's got a cephalic vein on his biceps the size of a fucking garden hose. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. And when you see a picture of Ronnie Coleman and you see those arms, you see body parts, don't you? You see body parts. You see those enormous legs the man had. Enormous 32-inch legs with no body fat on the damn things. These perfect symmetrical calves in perfect proportion to his 
his thighs. You see these giant deltoids, the impossible big back the man had. Now, what do you not see when you see a picture of Ronnie Coleman posing in a contest? What you don't see is the fact that he was an 800 deadlifter. That's what you don't see. Uh, For reps, I believe, right? Yes. Ronnie trained heavy. Ronnie was not fucking around. Dorian Yates trained heavy. He was a 600 bench presser. You know, he was doing 500 for reps on the incline. You don't get that you know, big without lifting You don't get weights. big like that. Right. I mean, these guys were way bigger than Arnold. Right. Way bigger than Arnold. You know, he wouldn't have he would have gotten laughed off the stage at an Olympia with Coleman on the stage with him in that kind of condition. He was not a – Arnold was not a great big giant guy. Right. Look at his – look at any his height, of the height of his – of his in the prime of his contest shape. Look at his forearms. They're not impressive. You know, he did not have the appearance of a big, strong man even then compared to these other guys that were actually stronger than he was. This is going to be worth several good haters' comments. Because <laughs> I, of course, don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But my, my point here is very simple. Training for body parts. Thinking that your body is composed of seven or eight different parts that you train separately on their own separate day. Leg day. Back day. Whatever the hell that means. Shoulders day. <laughs> I've seen, you know, chest day, arms day, buys and tries day. That's not how you get big and strong. And if your goal is to look better, then you need to be bigger and stronger. And if you're if you're really concerned primarily with just your appearance. You could get more done by just deadlifting than anything else that you could do. Because deadlifts do all of the stuff to your upper body that makes you look big and strong in a shirt. They make you they make your forearms big, they make your arms bigger, traps, neck, all of the shit that you identify as being the attributes of a big strong man really come from deadlifting. You know, it's, it's it's very important. That's uh, not a complete program, obviously. You need to squat, you need to press. You need to bench, you need to squat and deadlift. And that's that's those are the basis of the whole idea that a big strong man looks like a big strong man because he is strong. You get your deadlift up over five hundred pounds, you're gonna look different than if you're doing one eighty five. And that's just all there is to it. Now, I hope I've made myself clear today, right? And the idea is there are two separate ways to think about what we do in the gym. There's appearance and body parts. And then there is movement patterns and weight on the bar and an increase in weight on the bar. You could come in and do bicep curls for three years. And, and grow 
your arms, but you're still going to look stupid without a set of traps and a set of deltoids to go along with them. You're going to look stupid. They won't grow that much either. And they won't grow that much. Your arms will grow as much doing no bicep curls as they will doing bicep curls if you're doing squats, presses, benches, and deadlifts. Everything grows. Your wrists grow when you do that. Your neck grows. Everything grows. If you don't have the level of systemic stress that a big barbell, heavy barbell lift provides, you're not. You're just not going to grow. You're not going to grow. So you tell yourself you don't need you to. want. Yeah, you're not demanding you don't need that your to. body grow. The, you know, uh, functional training is not stressful enough. Right. Stressful uh, functional training is practice for doing what you're already doing. It's pointless. Or demonstration. Absurd. It's a demonstration of your athletic ability. But we have already agreed you wanted to be bigger and stronger, and that's not going to get you there. Yeah, things that things that change uh, change you from a performance standpoint, from from an aesthetic standpoint. uh, I mean, any any of the things that you decide to go to the gym for, um, the utility of the exercise is is you can determine it by what's what the limiting factor is, and the limiting factor on a squat, a deadlift, and a press and a bench is just the load on the bar it's force production that's the only limiting that's all factor it is. that's and the, that's only the limiting primary factor. adaptation right and when you when force production is the variable that you're trying to increase the only mechanism by which that can increase is your muscles grow and as a result you grow and as a result you're bigger and stronger and there's no other way to do that okay it's not really that complicated if you guys have any questions about this, you know, I've got a wonderful forum on our website. You feel free to post questions about it there. And maybe we can clear some of this up. But what we're saying here is that this is not very complicated. And if you find a coach that wants to make it complicated, it's just a that's a business model. That's not a that's not a makeover model. This is it's not a not a not a an improvement model for you right, this is not complicated now it'll get complicated after you've been doing this three or four years it gets fairly complicated then but not at first which is where most of you are okay so think about this i think it's pretty obvious what we're talking about and uh if you've got any questions shoot them to us and we'll talk about them later so anybody got anything else to add to this I mean, we've been fairly clear here, haven't we? Very. Okay. Well, I guess what we'll do is see you next time right here on Starting Strength Radio.